Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello everyone and welcome along to your weekly match preview podcast with myself, Craig Dennett, who's your host, as we look ahead to what is a must-win Old Firm Scottish Cup semi-final for Rangers as they take on Celtic at Hampden on Sunday. To join me to look ahead to the game on Sunday, we have Ross Chalmers. How are you doing, Ross? Yeah, I'm not bad. Uh, thanks, Craig. I think um, I'm just thinking back to that preview we done last week against Aberdeen. So let's hope the result is better for the team this week. But yep, I'm all good and, and ready to get stuck into this. Yeah, to try and mix it up so that myself and Ross aren't jinxies, we brought along Ian Mitchell for the, the ride tonight to try and have a look ahead to the game. How are you doing, Ian? Starting to get a bit nervous, to be honest. Um, tried to put it off, but it's getting a bit too close now. So yeah, it's kind of ready for the game now. Are those nerves just because you're on with me and Ross and we got beat last week? Or That's a massive part of it. Massive, yeah, I thought, yes. I thought it might be. I'm, I'm nervous for that exact same reason. It's plenty to, so there's plenty to cover as we head into what ultimately is the, the biggest and, and only meaningful game left in Rangers season. Um, hopefully we'll have a second meaningful game after this weekend in, in terms of the Scottish Cup final. But until then, this is the one and only one that means anything to any Rangers fan. And we can't understate that, I don't think. Ross, how are you feeling? We're a couple of days ahead of the game. How are you feeling heading into it? I'm kind of in the, in the middle of, at the moment, thinking and reflecting on the result of the weekend with Aberdeen and also the build-up to the Celtic t- game. So you're, you're kind of in the middle point where you're not really sure whether you're confident or you're stuck with those terrible memories at that game in Potosri. So I think as the week goes on, I'll grow more confident about this game. I think that it's very, very difficult at the moment to to maybe look ahead to, to how Rangers are going to get a result in this game because we've obviously struggled in the last game against Aberdeen and we've not managed to get a result against Celtic. But I think my... Uh, 
my way of thinking will change as the week goes on. And listen, like you said, it's a it's a very, very important game. It's a must win for Michael Beal. This is he's gonna he's gonna be under a lot of pressure if he doesn't pull off a result in this game. So yeah, I think it's just really just trying to get my head around that this is the most important game going forward for Rangers now and we've got to give everything to try and get a result. Yeah, Ian Ross has kind of signified the magnitude of this game there in his comments. I'm actually feeling quite relaxed about it. I don't know if it's just because I've not thought about it um, or because I think the weekend is still miles away, but I've just, I've not really tuned into any of the build-up to the game, if I'm being honest. I've, I've been more interested in potential signings for Rangers this week than I have been in the Scottish Cup semi-final build-up, which is a bit strange thing to say when it's the the most meaningful game that's left in the season so far. How are you feeling as we head in towards towards the weekend and the final build-up to the to the game? Yeah, just sort of echoing off, really. It's, for me, it's massive. Um, I mean, no one wants the season over at this early stage. We know the league's gone. There was no Europe run. The League Cup is a pain in the end. Um, so this is kind of what it all boils down to. Again, it, it comes down to how, if we lose this game, there'll be questions about Michael Beale, which is probably harsh, to be fair. I mean, he's brought in two players. The rest of the squad isn't officially his, albeit he's worked with most of them. But to lose this game, it's so much pressure on him, so much tension around the club. We, we could all just do with a bit of good news for the first time. feels like a long while. I'd agree we need some good news, but I think it's I think it's harsh to say that if we lost this game, Michael Beale would would be under pressure. I know Scott Cameron, um, one of the contributors to the podcast, has been of that view since Michael Beale came in, and that if he, if Michael Beale and Rangers lost all of the old firm games or didn't win any of the old firm games between January and, and the end of the season, that Michael Beale would already be under pressure heading into into what, what's a big summer for the club anyway. It's a big summer for Michael Beale in terms of it being his, his first full summer transfer window to get his, his teeth stuck into. Ross Wilson's obviously departed the building, so Michael Beale may have more say over the players that come in. He may have exactly the same amount of say as he had before Ross Wilson left into it. Ross, Ian's obviously said that Michael Beale would be under pressure um, should we lose on Sunday or not get the result we want. Do you agree with that? I mean, I hate to go too cliche here, but I think you're always under pressure as a Rangers manager and you're definitely always under pressure if you can't seem to get a result against Celtic. And that is the position that Michael Beale is in right now. Unfortunately, he's um, he's maybe been close in a few of these games and, and getting over the line. We had that one in January uh, at Ibrooks and we, you know, we conceded a late goal that day. But I think for me personally, just from my own point of view, I... I I don't think I'll put any pressure on, on uh, under my, sorry on Michael Beale. I think that he deserves a summer transfer window and he deserves to mould the squad into the shape that he's looking for. But I would find it very, very difficult to argue against fans that do put the pressure on him if he can't seem to get by this semi-final. It's very, it's just very difficult to argue against. Unfortunately, that you know four old firm games and, and you're not coming out on top of one of them in such a short space of time. Listen, I can totally understand where fans are coming from. It's not the way I'll look at it, but it's just the it's just the way it is. It's it's been the Rangers manager, and you are judged on the big games. And like you said about Scott Cameron, there, one of our contributors, that's what he always refers to. It is the big games, you know, and that come, that's the manager, that's the players. You're going to be judged on these games against Celtic and the old firm. So, 
for Michael Beale to to maybe take a wee bit of pressure off himself going into this summer, he's got to get a result, and uh, we've got to go in and lift this trophy. Then you can put a you know you can put a full stop in this season. I think we're all at that point where we'd like to move on from this season. It's been a difficult one for Rangers, but to get a Scottish Cup, Scottish Cup trophy again under a belt, it gives them a good platform to build on this summer. So, for me personally, I wouldn't put a lot of pressure under uh, on Michael Beale, but I can understand it from a from other Rangers fans' point of view. I'd agree with that. I wouldn't be putting pressure on Michael Beale uh, for this one. And Ian, I guess one of the, the main reasons why I wouldn't be putting that pressure on Michael Beale is that he's had one transfer window that saw, what, two players come in um, that, 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 he could, that he could sign. Really, that's he's, he's, he's using the squad that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst had at the start of the season. He's struggling with that squad. To be fair, he's using much of the squad that Gerard had um, that he worked with when when he was here. I think the vast majority of Rangers fans, if not all Rangers fans, are in agreement that the squad needs an overhaul. It's more than arrived at the end of its cycle. Um, I think it could be said that the end of the cycle was last summer, not never mind this summer. The, uh, the reason why I don't think it would be fair on Michael Beale is that he's not had that opportunity to seriously reassess the squad to to re to to remove or sell or or move on five six players that potentially are taking up spaces that he he thinks can be filled with better players and then bringing in players that he views as actually taking us to the next level do you i know you've said that the pressure would be on but would you be in agreement that actually he needs he needs the time to do that and yeah. move players around before he before he does well, yeah, completely, completely. I think it's more obviously the pressure will come from certain fans. Um, that's only natural this kind of job. But my fear is that if we lose this game, make our summer recruitment, you know, big lot of players out, big lot in. That's a lot of immediate pressure on these players to get a positive result in the first old firm game. So say that's the fourth, fifth game of the season. If that goes wrong, then it's proper people calling for him to get sacked, which I don't I don't agree with. I'm again I'm, I'm more side with you guys, it's it's way too soon. For him to be under that pressure, it's not fair given the squad he's got and we've seen he's bought two players who so I think everyone would agree are the kind of players we want to see going forward. A lot of the names linked are guys we want to see going forward, but it's just a, a needless pressure that's going to come on across the club should this go wrongly on Sunday. Um, and, and as I say, if it goes wrong again, the final old firm game and then you're starting off a brand new season when you've, you've not beat them and starting to lose track, starting to lose count of how many games we've, we've, since we've won an old firm, which shouldn't ever be the case. And again, as I say, there's, there's people, there's guys on our podcast, there's Twitter, there's a cesspit for this kind of thing. There's going to be guys calling for his head, rightly or wrongly, if this goes to pop. I don't like saying this, Ian, but I think the last game that Rangers won the old firm was the Hollander winner at the beginning of last season. So it has been quite a while and it's it's only natural that any manager in, in the Rangers at that point, if you are not getting a result in that, and you know, in that many games, you you're naturally going to come under more pressure. It's just the nature of the beast, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. I think just to round off the sort of Michael Beale pressure discussion, Ross, I think actually Ian says that if he, if we if we don't win the first old firm game of next season, him and the players that have come in are immediately under pressure. I actually think the pressure comes in the Euro, the European qualifier stage for all for all those players and for the manager. Now, a lot of player a lot of people this season have have seen the negative side of us qualifying for the Champions League. There's obviously the positive side from a financial 
perspective, but there's a negative side that we've seen on the pitch. And I, I do think that's had a serious impact and knock-on effect in terms of performances, especially towards the end of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's reign as, as Rangers manager. But I think it'll be interesting to see how people react to the European qualifiers next year, because I think there'll be a large portion of the Rangers support who actually would be delighted if we found ourselves in the Europa League group stage rather than the Champions League group stage. I think there's a lot of fans that, that this sounds strange to say, but I don't think we'll be too bothered by the Champions League qualifiers next year. I think the experience that Rangers have had this year has been difficult. And I think a lot of people will look at being the Europa League as a positive for the team and they can use it to build momentum because ultimately now fans are looking to get that league title back. It's it's going to be two years since we've won the league. I think it's time to let that go. Uh, and it's all about getting the next one. And I think being the Europa League would probably benefit us for that. You're still going to be getting a financial, you know, a good financial package from it, not the same as the Champions League. But the team can really use it to to build momentum, which we've seen over the years. So uh, it, it's a difficult one. I, I'm not sure there'll be as much pressure on Michael Beale for those qualifiers from the fans. But I think the pressure is always there from a club perspective because the money is so important. You know, that Champions League money is so important. And, and Michael Peel will probably know that himself. If he can get this team into the Champions League, he may have a lot more money to spend. You know, the, the we've all seen the accounts for this year. It looks pretty healthy for Rangers. So if you're then going in and getting another cash injection of 18, 20 million guaranteed money, that gives Michael Peel a lot to play with when it comes to the end of the transfer window. So maybe not maybe not so much the fans putting pressure on Michael Peel when it comes to the Champions League, but there'll definitely be pressure from the club. So <laughs> overall... Michael Beale's going to be under pressure, right? But that is just part of the job, really. So we could we could discuss this all day, I suppose, and where the pressures come from. But uh, yeah, I think there's differing views on that in terms of, you know, from a club perspective and a fan perspective. Yeah, there's um, actually, when you speak about if they would get another cash injection as we move into the start of next season, if we do qualify for the, the Champions League, there's other factors to be taken into account as well. We've got John Bennett, in there as, as chairman. We've got um, James Bisgrove with a new approach. He's the new CEO um, as we head into next season. So they might have a completely different outlook as to how that money is utilised and how that money is spent. So it'll be really interesting to, to see how that develops over the summer. And I always think it's interesting when you have a commercial guy at the top of the table because I think they have a very different outlook on it as compared to normal business people there more often than not speculate to accumulate, um, which I think is a, is quite a quite a drastically different approach to, to how things have been um, previously. So it'll be really interesting um, to see how that plays out as well, especially if we do find ourselves guaranteed that extra sum of money um, and we do find ourselves in the Champions League group stage. Now, Ross, I'm going to correct you. Um, the last time we did win an old firm game was the semi-final last year. For the Scottish Cup, um, if we do count, if we do count the extra yeah. time. But you're are, right, you're right. I was only thinking in a league there, but you're bang on. Well done. Yeah. So, I think that Ian, I think that provided us with a blueprint as to how we can best combat Celtic strengths when we come up against them, and I think that's this season anyway been a, been a blueprint that we've as fans have consistently referred to as. Right, we need to be more aggressive, we need to be more in their face, we need to have um, good possession of the ball, we need to be accurate with our passing and we need to be quick on the counter-attack. From that day, one of the main performances I remember is Calvin Bassey's performance yes. and the way he 
moved in from from centre half into midfield and just stopped any progression from Celtic through that through the middle of the pitch, and that made a huge difference. Is that is that a a role? I guess obviously Calvin Bassi is away is away and he's performing at Ajax now. Is that a role that you think we need to reprise as we go into the game this weekend? And what can we learn from? that Scottish Cup semi-final win last year? Because ultimately, Celtic haven't changed the way that they play from from that day. They're still playing with the same patterns. Um, they've got slightly different players in a couple of positions, but largely the same team as well. So is that a, is that a I've said the word blueprint quite a lot, but is that a blueprint we can um, we can use as a, as a baseline for Sunday? I think without Bassey, we don't really have that option, to be brutally honest. Um, I wish we did. By all means, that make my life a lot easier here. But... I, th- I don't think we've done terribly in the most recent old firms. I mean, 3-2 at Parkhead, you could look at every goal Celtic scored and it's it's us giving them a goal, in a sense. You know, it's, it's still getting beat by a goal. It's not a, a drubbing by any means. The game at Ibrox, obviously, we had a poor first half, but that second half, we are by far the better team. We just, again, let them back in. It's, this game, for me, is just about us being smarter at the back. Don't make staff mistakes. Keep it tight. Again, sort of touch on that that game last year. We try and sit in, play the counter here and there, but I don't think there's any. It's, it's, going, to, it's going to sound daft to say, but we don't need to fear this Celtic team. They're very good, they're very consistent, they're very solid, but we have shown that we can match them. We just need to not do what we've done the last few games and make that stupid mistake, that stupid moment when you're not thinking. Just cut that out, and, and I genuinely believe we could be fine in this game, but. Whether we can do that is, is the big question, sadly. Yeah, Ross, similar question to you, just touching on the performance in last year's semi-final. Is that one that you would like to see replicated or are there aspects of that you would like to see brought into the performance on Sunday? A hundred percent. You know, I remember that day at Hampden really well. Obviously, great memories. Uh, the fans were great that day, but on the pitch, that Rangers team gave us everything. You know, I think... I think the fans would have left that day, even if they'd lost that game and been really happy and satisfied with the team that day. They gave everything, um, especially through, you know, the extra time uh, earlier on that week with Braga, I believe, and then extra time again, they just, they left it all out there and they were super aggressive that day. I mean, that that was the day for John Lundstrom, if you remember correctly. He was phenomenal that day. He covered every blade of grass. He didn't let Callum McGregor breathe, uh, breathe. so... That's what I want to see again. I, I want to see us, I think I've said this before, I just want to see us be brave. Be brave. It's a, it's a one-off game. You're going to have to try and forget the rest of the fixtures that have came this year. You're going to have to forget the league position. It's a one-off game at Hamden, a semi-final. And these players showed last year that they can do it and they can turn up. You know, there's a lot of the same players in there. I know that we all talk about this squad needing a, a revamp or a refresh, and a lot of these players are done. But you know, there there is evidence in there that these players can show up in the big moments. So that's what I'm looking to see again. Really, really aggressive, especially in midfield. You know, Celtic are really, really good in midfield. We just have to be honest. Really good rotations between the three players. Really good rotations between the fullbacks, and we have to match that intensity and see if you match that intensity that with aggressiveness, physicality. We, we are a match for for Celtic. I've, I've I totally agree with Ian. We've seen in these previous fixtures that in terms of player-for-player quality, that there isn't much between the two teams, in my opinion. I think Celtic have just found a way this year to to continuously get through the lower sides in the league. We've struggled with that a wee bit. 
But I think when it comes to the two teams up against each other, it, it's evident at the moment that there isn't too much between them. So, yeah, we just have to be be really brave in the day. We have to go for it. We need to be aggressive and, and we need to leave it all out there because for a lot of this squad, it's going to be their last you know, big game for Rangers, let's be honest. So I'd like to see a lot of them go out in a high and, and give everything, everything they've got for the fans in, in Hamden that day and everyone at home and, and try and get a result and take us through to that final. Yeah, Ian, one of the things that I've that has been a frustration really, but it, again, it, it's one of the aspects of, of old firm games recently that's that puts us in difficult positions is not scoring that first goal. I think it's been a while since we've scored that first goal and um had the, the benefit of the foothold that can give you in the game and the the benefit of the, the tactical approach or our tactical adjustment that, that that you can make as the team in front and the benefit of the I guess the more aggressive approach that the opposition then has to take to try and get get a goal back. How important could getting that first goal be on Sunday? It's massive. It's, I think it's, it's still quite raw, as we spoke about at the start, the, the Aberdeen game at the weekend. You can see how much that first goal changes that full game. I mean, at halftime, we should be two, three up, and nobody could have said anything about it. But we concede, albeit a ridiculously stupid goal, or lucky goal, or how we like Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I would call that. Um, but that just totally flips the game. If we do concede that first goal, sadly, I can see a lot of heads dropping. It, it didn't happen so much at Parkhead. I mean, we, we fought our way back into that, just gave ourselves far too much to do. So it's not a be all and end all if we don't. But I think just the doubt that it could put into Celtic and Celtic's fans and silencing them a bit, it just it could it could be massive for us. Again, if we can get an early goal, which I, I don't remember us doing for months, let alone any old fun game, but in any game. Um, get an early goal, get up and running, and, and as Ross says, just be aggressive from the off and keep doing what we... I say what we're good at, but I, I don't think we are good at, but what I want us to see us do is get that goal, keep going for it, and, and try and build on it rather than chasing our tail for, for half the game, as we tend to always do. Can I just say, Craig, I'm, I'm going to give you both a bit of credit here. Very good question and very good answer for me, right? And the reason why... I wanted to pick up on that was, and, and it is a bit of a slight worry, and I've not really thought about this actually when it t- comes to the first goal. It's probably a statistic we've seen this season with Rangers where they've, they've been behind so many times in games. I've, yeah. I've seen the statistic against Aberdeen the other day where they'd retrieved the most points from losing positions, but ultimately you don't want to be in that position as many times as we have. What I did find quite worrying the other day about the Aberdeen game was exactly what Ian said, the heads dropped. You know, Rangers were the were the much better team in the first half, deserved to be in at half time and didn't take their chances. Aberdeen score from a bit of a freak goal, right? I know Liam Skills said in the coverage after that he seen Alan McGregor off his line. I'm, I'm not buying that one, to be honest with you. I think it's a bit of a freak goal. And it really worried me, the kind of character of the squad that day at Pataudry. The, there didn't seem to be a reaction. There didn't seem to be a response. Now, could you put that towards because the league's, essentially over? Do the players really believe that the it, it's worth chasing? Again, that's another worry in itself, but that is, that is not something that we can take into this game. You know, if we do happen to go go down against Celtic, we've seen it this season that that 
as a possibility, the players have to respond, you know, and, and I'm sure we're going to come on to this podcast in terms of team selections, but there's certain guys we need to have in that team and back in that team to ensure that this team will react to, to situations at Hamden that we don't want to be in. So really, really, really important. Yeah, Ross, I'm going to stick with you because I want to start talking about the the starting lineup and the potential changes that we, we will see to that. Michael Beals already alluded to two of them, um, which I want to touch on first. Um, he alluded to them a couple of weeks ago now, if, if maybe last week, ahead of the Aberdeen game, that Connor Goldson would be back fit and so would Ryan Kent. I was going to say that means two big players back, but actually it means one big player that is back and one person that should be a big player um, returning. I am delighted that Connor Goldson will be back. I think we've been really vulnerable at the back since he's been out. I think John Suter's shown up well. Apart from that mistake at Celtic Park, he's shown up well. I think Ben Davies has really struggled in the three games that Connor Goldson has been out and not beside him. Do you, firstly, how happy are you that Connor Goldson will be back for that? And then what do you, I assume Ryan Kent will start because he starts every game when he's fit. Do you expect him to come into the starting lineup? Well, the confidence levels the will go through the roof probably for me when I see Connor Goldson that team sheet. He is, I, I think, arguably our most important player. I, I would probably go and say he is our most important player. To be honest with you, I'll be pretty bold there and say that. I know James Tavernier contributes so much to this team, uh, scores great goals in, in situations where we need it. But Connor Goldson, every single time he is out of this team, you see the difference. It's remarkable the drop in the, you know, defensive records when he's not available. Uh, I think I seen it the other day in the la- in, in 10 games this season, but he's not been available. We've conceded 15 goals or something like that. I, I, that might be the statistic uh, compared to when he's been in the team. It's it's much, it's a, it's a far greater ratio of the other way. So, Coral Goldson's massive, huge for this team. Uh, the captain without the R-band, in my opinion, this is a guy that is so important when it comes to the organisation and that defence He's a leader in the park and the the celebrations we've seen last year when we won that game at the semi-final showed you that he gets it. He understands what it means to play for this club. So Conor Goldson, first of all, will be massive if we have this back for this game and, and Michael Beale said he would be back, so that'll be huge. Ryan Kent for me, uh, I think I've been on this podcast before and probably defended Ryan Kent more than he deserves at times. I think that's fair to say. And to be honest with you, I think over the last maybe couple of weeks, even I've found it really difficult to defend him. And I'm starting to get to the point where if he does walk out the door this summer, I maybe won't be as hurt as I would have been a couple of months ago. What I will always say about Ryan Kent is he has the ability to be a game changer. And I genuinely do believe that Ryan Kent is one of the players within our team that Celtic look at as being a danger man. I still believe they would look at him that way. They st- I still believe they would look at him as being a guy that can make a difference in these games. So if he is fit, he has to play, in my opinion. I, and I think I think it's just obvious that he has to play. You know, I, I, the drop between Ryan Kent and then Sakala and Matondo was massive, right? Now, and we, I, we again, we can always go back to the numbers thing and it's totally valid and I'm not going to sit here and argue about it, but just in terms of on-the-ball quality, technical quality, this is a guy that can make a difference in situations where you wouldn't expect other players to do it. So both players, massive for me personally. I know not everyone is going to view it that way, but both have to play in my opinion and, and I'll definitely have a lot more confidence when I read that team, team lineup and they're both playing for Rangers on Sunday. Ian, I'm going to come to you on on Connor Goldson and Ryan Kent as well. Do you 
does that fill you with confidence? Does it does it improve your your outlook in the game as we head into it? Is it a, a bit of mixed emotions? How are you? How do you feel about their return to the team? Firstly, I think they two make us a better team. I'll be a better squad even, but they make us a better team. They're two of our best players, albeit Kent, as we all know, has just been miles off it, for want of a better phrase. But Goldson in particular brings so much stability, leadership. Just, just feel safe when he's there. Just, I, feel, I feel safer when he's there. It's simple as that. Um, so he's he's the big one for me. What it does do, though, is it probably comes on to a question you're going to ask. It confuses me how we're going to line up. Because as we spoke about, Davies hasn't quite beat himself without Goldson. But is that because Goldson's not there? Again, to put them together, is that as quite happy again? I'd, I'd imagine most people from, from reading Twitter and, and just speaking with people want Goldson besides Suter. I personally, I'm, I'm not a big fan of it for the whole right foot and the left thing. I think we saw at Livingston the first game. Again, it's very hard to judge in his debut. I'm not going to say he can never do it because of that one game, but he was very poor that game. And this is the kind of game that you need to be right at it. So it just it poses a lot of questions for me. And then it comes on to Kent, similar idea. Do you move someone out? Like a Cantwell from that sort of area, I'd, I'd quite like to see Cantwell in a more attacking role against Celtic personally. So I, I, I don't think I would play Kent. I know what Ross says he's vital to this team. He's got a bit of X factor. He's done it against Celtic multiple times. But given how he's been this season, the fact we don't know his injury issues, my thinking would more be if we can keep it tight for an hour or so, then introduce Ryan Kent. That's a total game changer for me. I mean, we've not seen Kent off the bench. I'm going to say for months, I can't remember ever seeing Kent off the bench in a meaningful game anyway. He always starts, so I don't know what kind of impact it would have, but that's how I would look at approaching it. Keep Kent back until a certain point and then unleash him. Hopefully goes out, gets a goal or something, goes out in a high if he's indeed leaving. Um, but yeah, it just poses a lot of questions for me, so not sure how we're going to go for that. Yeah, I think you're... Your query on Cantwell, maybe starting a bit further forward, is an interesting one. Ross, I'll come to you on that one as well as another question that, that Ian kind of brought up there in terms of who do you think should partner Connor Goldson as we go into the weekend's game? I don't have a lot of confidence in Ben Davies at the moment, but I think it's because I don't feel like he's confident. Whereas whenever he's played alongside Connor Goldson, he's looked much more assured, he's looked much more um, calm, he's looked much more um, confident in what he's going to be doing. And that's very different to how he's looked the last three games when Connor Goldson's not been there. So it's probably kind of hard to judge Ben Davies at this moment in time, if we're if we're really honest. Do you do you see it as being Ben Davies, ben Davies before, it'll be Ben Davies now, and it'll be Ben Davies in the future? Or do you think that John Suter actually has, has played his way into into that um, position in the team, given his, his more aggressive nature, should I say, on the park. Do you know what? It's a, it's a really tough one, actually. And uh, I've kind of went back on this, you know, back and forth on this through the week. And I agree a lot with what Ian's saying in terms of the balance of the squad. I do like a left footer in there. And usually that is the way I would go, to be honest with you. But you can probably guess what my answer is going to be now. I'd, for me, I think I would have John Suter in there. Now, if Ben Davies comes out of the team this weekend, it's gonna it's not gonna look great for him, right? Because you're coming out of such an important fixture. But I think he's at that point now where he does need to be taken out. Now he doesn't have to be taken out for a long period of time. We don't have to completely write him off. I know I've seen that 
and plenty of places over the last couple of weeks about Ben Davies. He's not good enough. He's a waste of money. I, I personally don't subscribe to that. But I think he's now at that point where maybe you take him out, you give him a bit of a rest, you try and build his confidence back up and you bring him back into the team. Of course, that's not going to look great if the game you're actually taking him out of is Celtic. So it is a tough one for Michael Beale, and I would imagine that's going to be one of the really big questions he's got that he needs to answer over the next couple of days. It's really going to be a difficult for him. For him. But I think, for me, what I've seen from John Suter since he came into this team, I really like. You know, this is a centre-back that's very, very comfortable in possession, and he's very aggressive. And I think that's something what we're going to need on the day. Are you limited slightly in terms of when you're in possession and trying to play it from the back? Is it a wee bit more awkward? Yeah, it is. But I'm sure there's definitely patterns of play that Michael Beale can work on in training this week to try and get out of these situations. So, interestingly enough, I think I would go for John Suter. You know, and, and we've got evidence of John Suter performing in big games like this. His performance against us last year in the Scottish Cup final was phenomenal. He was probably the best player in the park that day, and he was on the losing side. So... There's definitely evidence there that John Suter can come into a game like this and especially in an atmosphere like Hamden, the everything around it, and thrive. So yeah, for me it would it would be John Suter next to Connor Gold to the weekend because I just think at the moment Ben Davies just need it just needs to be taken out of the firing line. You can see he's struggling for confidence, right? It's obvious now. He's not making mistakes based on ability, in my opinion. He's making mistakes based on his mentality at the moment. He's struggling for a wee bit of confidence. So take him out. Take him out of the firing line and bring him back in in a few weeks for and the the kind of run until the end of the season. I would personally like to see John Suter in beside Connor Goldson. I actually think Michael Beale will go with Ben Davies beside him. I think he's going to go with that continuation of a partnership, which up until Connor Goldson's injury was actually performing pretty well for us. Um, we were on that mammoth run of of wins um, up until. The Celtic game at Parkhead, we were um, we looked solid. We didn't we haven't given up a great deal of chances either. I think Michael Beale will go with that in terms of a proven track record of though that being a partnership that works together. And I think Michael Beale will, like you brought up, I think at the start, Ross, in terms of or Ian, sorry, in terms of our a right footer and a left footer at um, at the centre half. I think that balance can't really be understated, particularly when. We're under pressure. We're trying to play out from the back. Um, they've got Celtic have a few quick players in their team that can really put you under pressure. And if you've got something as simple as it being on your left foot instead of your right foot, can can make all the difference in the amount that we play the ball as well from full back to centre back to centre back to full back. I think just having that natural opening up, opening up your body and playing it out wide rather than playing it across yourself can make a couple of seconds of difference, and that can be the difference between a, a, an easy pass and a, and a mistake. So I think we'll see Ben Davies at centre-half, but I would personally have, be choosing John Suter. So it be interesting to see how that one comes out. Um, we're just past the half-hour mark at the moment, so I think it's time now for us to start to look at the full starting 11 that each of you will will take for the game. <clears throat> so obviously we've spoken about how meaningful it is for Rangers. No doubt that we go with the strongest 11 that we have available to us. Ian, I'm going to come to you, first of all, for your starting 11. I assume Alan McGregor in goals. Um, I may be wrong, but it's Alan McGregor in goals, and then where does it go from there? Yes, Alan McGregor in goals. Um, goes without saying, that's happening. What I want to see is not going to happen. 
because I am Mr. Five at the back. We're not going to play five at the back. But just when Ross touched on how good Suter was last season in this game, this, uh, this fixture anyway in the final, he played the centre of a back five in Boston from a Hearts perspective. That's where I'd want him to be. I'd want the two Golden Davies beside him, given the sort of cover, again, being aggressive. But it's not going to happen, so I'm going to stop that right there. Just so, to say, if anyone is interested in hearing Ian talk about this back three, back five approach, there's a podcast in the preview that last old from and he went right him. through it. Yeah. So it's good to it's good to listen to. He breaks it all down. So yeah, it's worth it. It's worth tuning in. So I won't bore people with that again. What I will want to see then is the back four. I think, as you said, Craig, I think Davies is going to get the nod just for that continuity. Good partnerships, solid sitting there. I think that's what Bale's going to go for. So Davies Goldson, Tav Borner. I think it'll be Lundstrom. Raskin, I'm pretty sure we fit enough. I, I, mean, I know he came off with a knock of some kind, but he'll, he'll be fine. I think Kent does come back in. Again, not sure I want that, but I think Kent comes back in. He'll have a front three then of Kent, Cantwell and Tillman. I think we'll get the nod ahead of like a Sakala and then Morelos up front. Pretty boring team in terms of it's what most people are going to expect to see, but I think that's for a reason. I think it's the team that can... It can hurt Celtic in certain areas, but it's also got that little bit of dig in the midfield that we need to see. And I just hope for Tillman's sake, he has a good game. Because I'm a big Tillman fan, but I feel like the support for Tillman is getting weaker and weaker by the big game that's, that's going by here. So, Tillman, to have a good performance, please. <laughs> Ross, please. This, this wouldn't be the first time that we potentially see a surprise in the starting lineup. For an old firm game, actually, we were more likely to see a surprise in, in the starting lineup for an old firm game than we probably are for any other game that we play all season. I don't know why that is. I don't know why where the stats are on that one. And to be honest, we we see it the other side of the city as well. They get they throw in a wee a wee curveball every now and again as well. Are you expecting it to be kind of straight down the line? Is is Ian's put it there with his starting lineup, or are you expecting any any surprises in there? Well, I don't think Ian's going to like my lineup uh, based on the player that he just spoke about at the end there, but uh, I'll go through mine. So I'd like to see Al McGregor, uh, Tavernier, Goldson, and Suter. I'd like to see Suter play this game, just give Ben Davies a rest, as I spoke about before. Borna Barisic, I'd play John Lundstrom, Nico Raskan, and Todd Cantwell as a midfield three. I think we've seen that now that Todd Cantwell can play in there. And I would bring, 100% bring in Ryan Kent, it's a no brainer for me. And I would play, uh, the, yeah, the two behind uh, Morelos would be Sakala and Kent. So, yeah, Sakala, Kent and Morelos up front. I think Malik Tillman takes a, takes a place on the bench for this one. I've not seen enough in the old firm to really believe that he's, he's got he's going to make an impact as a start from the start in 11. I think it's such a big pitch at Hamden, or that, that's the way it looks anyway, but it, it is one of the bigger pitches in the league. And I think with the game stretched after the hour, bringing a Malik Tillman or a Scott Arfield onto this game will be perfect for Rangers. Let's hope that the scoreline is a, a good situation for these substitutions to make sense. So I'm going to, I'm going to leave Malik Tillman on the bench for this one. I just think that what Sakali and Kent can give you in that kind of pace and transition is something that we will look to use again. I don't want us to play exactly the same way as we did last time at Hamden, where it was very direct. We didn't look to play through midfield at all. I want us to try and play for the midfield, but the three in midfield are, are guys that are going to work 
off the ball a lot, right? And, and then I think when you've got it past that stage, you've played the ball through the lines, you've got two guys off of Morelos that can really make a difference in terms of taking the ball past defenders. I think we've seen that in the game in January, uh, especially on that right-hand side. Fastens Callum was electric that day. And I think we need more of that. We need to try and target the fullbacks and we need to really get at them. So that would be the team for me. I just don't think it's the, the game for Malik Tillman. Again, that opens up a bigger conversation of if Malik Tillman isn't being selected for these games, do you pay the five million? That I, I suppose that's maybe a lot of ways that people look at that lineup for myself. But you know, horse of courses, players at certain games, and I think this is the one that Malik Tillman can make more of an impact coming off the bench. Two questions for you on that one, Ross and Ian. Feel free to chip in uh, as as you see fit. Um, first one, John Wundstrom. He's not a player that's performed particularly well this season. He's not a player that's performed well in old firm games in particular. He's been found wanting quite a lot of the time in that in that space. We really need a performance like he had in the semi-final last year if he's going to make any impact on the game. Um, are you happy with him being in there or do you th- is it just out of necessity with Ryan Jack being injured? I think it's necessity, to be honest. I, th- I think everyone knows, um, anyone who listens to the podcast, all the contributors in the podcast know how much I love Glenn Kamara, right? And for me, I'd love to see this guy play every single game for Rangers, but... I just don't think he suits this team anymore. I think his head's gone. I don't think he wants to be here. And I just don't think it is a, that's an environment you want to put a player into if they're not really buying into it. They're not really bothered. So I think John Lundstrom is just the the natural kind of number six, as you would say. Is it his best position? No, I don't think he should be playing there for Rangers. I don't think it suits his skill set, but I'm really struggling to look at anyone else. And I don't think uh, Nico Raskan is going to play that kind of number six on his own in a game like this. So... I think it just comes down down to necessity, Craig, like you said. I think it's just the the only real option we've got at the moment. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like you said, if Ryan Jack was available, Ryan Jack plays this game 100%. Uh, It's just unfortunate that he's picked up another injury and he's not available. So, yeah, John Lundstrom is, is the man for me. And just on the Malik Tillman point that you made, what Malik Tillman offers us a lot of the time is creativity, especially around the edge of the box. He can uh, hold the ball up well as well. He brings other players into into the play. You're in your lineup. You're pretty much sacrificing that for for pace on the counter attack with, with Ryan Kent and Fashion Sakala playing in that role. Will we miss? that creativity in those tight spaces where we miss Malik Tillman's ability to hold on to the ball are we is it a risk of being a bit kick and rush I think there's a, there is a risk of kick and rush I suppose and that's the worry for me when it comes to playing these players is it the natural thing to look constantly for the ball over the top or the ball in behind or trying to bypass the midfield I totally understand that I think I've just not seen enough from Malik Tillman in these games at the moment to, to really think that he he deserves a place in the starting eleven. Uh, so I think we can get more out of this game from a from a Sakala and a Ryan Kent. Again, both of neither of them have been in great form lately, to be honest with you. I know Sakala 
contributes a lot of numbers for us. But I just think it they both suit this game. I don't expect Rangers to have the majority of the ball in this game. I think Celtic will probably keep the ball pretty well. We're going to have to press them in certain areas and we're going to try to have to pick them off and kill them in transition. And I'm not sure that... Malik Tillman is such a good footballer and I don't want any of them to think that I don't think that I don't think uh, differently. He's, he's a fantastic footballer and I want Rangers to spend the money on him. But he is only 20, right? So it's natural that he maybe doesn't suit every single game at this point. And there are, there is certain points when you watch, watch Malik Tillman where he wants an extra touch. He wants to take his time in, in possession. This game's not going to suit that. It's going to be 100 miles an hour. Both teams are going to be pressing each other relentlessly. I just think if we take the approach of maybe trying to move the ball a wee bit quicker and we've got it, we can cause Celtic problems. We've seen this weekend uh, with Celtic draw against Motherwell. Kim Van Veen one-on-one with Greg Taylor. He absolutely turned him inside out and Motherwell managed to get a result that day. We've seen that earlier on this season with Sakala Ibrooks against Greg Taylor. They then brought Juranovic on. Sakala ran the both ragged that day. So it's just it's just very much the players that I think suit the game. No, no detriment to anyone that's not you know, making it in the start of eleven, it's just the way I view it. See on that, but like, uh, nothing you said is wrong. But Tillman, he's totally right. He's, he's not showed up in these big games enough for us, or whatever, really for us. But I'm pretty sure I saw a stat against Aberdeen that he had the most ball recoveries for us, and he also created our most chances. On a good, on a normal day, he comes away with two or three assists, and I think I would be playing him because of that little moment in him, the sort of Yanis Hadji in him. He's got that quality and craft. They can find the pass that we need because I don't think we're going to have chances upon chances here. I think, like you say, Celtic will dominate the ball. We need to pick our moments to go, pick our moments to, to sit. I think he's got, I don't know if it's his style, it maybe looks like he's not interested, then just kind of nips in and recovers the ball or makes an interception. I think that's an, an area we can try and target. Like you say, that their left side, probably the weakest side, you'd say. Kim Van Veen, as you said, turned him inside out last week. I think Tillman against Taylor should win that battle. He's probably not won it in the, in the games he's played. I need admit that, but that's kind of the reason I would, would be playing him because I expect Celtic to have the ball. You just hope for that little slack pass, that moment where they don't get it right. I think Tillman, I would trust to make the pass or have the chance or have the shot before Sakala. Albeit I know Sakala's done well in this game, but if they're both running through through on goal, I know who I want. To, to be that person, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I I, th- I think that's I think that's a fair point, Ian. I think, and that that's a really good point you've highlighted there when it comes to Malik Tillman. He is so good at winning the ball back for us, but where I notice he wins the ball back is high, and I'm not convinced that Rangers. I think they'll press, and I think they'll be aggressive in the press. I'm not convinced they'll press Celtic really high. I think they might try and not to go too tactical here. By the way, right? I'm probably boring everyone, <laughs> but I would imagine Rangers are going to. I, I think they might set a wee bit. Deeper, I think that first line of engagement is not going to be as far up the park. So, do you have the does Malik Tillman possess the ability deeper in the park to win the ball? And then once he's got it, where does it go from there? So, I, I definitely agree with your point in terms of Malik Tillman. He's so good at recovering the ball, and that that's actually something that's very underappreciated for him. So, yeah. you're definitely right to bring that up. I think it's just where are Rangers going to try and win the ball? And I'm just not sure they're going to try and win it high where Malik Tillman is so good at winning it. So, yeah. Listen, that's the beauty of it. Everyone sees the game differently. So, yeah. that's good. Yeah, so I think, personally, I think Malik Tillman's 
best role for us against a team like Celtic is in behind Alfredo Morelos, directly in behind him. I think that the pace of Fashion Sakala, we saw at the, at the game at the start of the the start of the, the the year in January, that Fashion Sakala on his day can have their fullbacks on toast. And I think that what you mentioned or you already mentioned the size of the, the size of the park cross at Hamden. It might well be an optical illusion to us all. I'm not entirely sure. Um, FIFA or UEFA have their, their pitch size regulations, but for some reason it seems bigger than any other park in the country. Um, so, but I think when you when you open up that space, you know how Celtic are going to play. You know Celtic are going to push their fullbacks high and inside, um, and then create the space for for the wingers. Um, but it also means it creates a space for us on the counter attack, and I think. That's where Fashion Sakala and Ryan Kent, to a certain extent, but I'd say more Fashion Sakala with his raw pace, can really benefit us. It's just down to, okay, which Fashion Sakala is turning up on Sunday? Is it the one that scuffs every cross he hits, or is it the one that that um, the one that can find a, a playing partner and a blue jersey with that one? And that's it's kind of the risk you take with Fashion Sakala. Hopefully, hopefully he's, he's just a squad player next season and we've, we've got a more consistent wide player going forward but looking at the squad we've got I think Passion Zakawa out wide Malik Tillman in behind uh, Alfredo Morelos and hopefully Alfredo Morelos doesn't go wandering and can actually stay in between the goalposts and get, give us a target to actually hit so that's just my I'm opinion I'm curious about the rest of your team though Craig I know that's, who, who's dropping uh, out of this then if they're both playing yeah yes. you've, you've definitely I'm sure the listeners will be the same they'll be curious now to know your team yeah, absolutely. So I would take, and I might regret this, um, <laughs> come uh, come three o'clock on Saturday or, or Sunday, sorry. Um, but my team, so uh, Al McGregor goals. Um, I think we discussed earlier it'll be Goldson and Davies at centre-half. I think Tavernier right-back. I think Barisic left-back, but I would have liked to have seen Yilmaz come into the previous couple of games against St Mirren and Aberdeen just to see what he has to offer because I don't think Barisic is particularly strong against Celtic and I think he is is our weak point that Celtic continue to target time and time again whether whether that be men coming in at the back post with crosses from the left or whether that be they, they stick Jota on him and Jota turns him inside out quite a bit so that's a real area of concern for me but I think Barisic will play there I this is the point where I'm like bit different from you two because you've both gone for two sitters and I'm not sure I would go for two sitters at that point. I think you go for, for Nico Rask. I'm going to say Raskin instead of Raskin. Ross, <laughs> um, whichever. But I'm going to go for Rask, Raskin. Um, I keep going to say Raskin, mind you, but I'm going to go for Raskin. Um, and so I'll go for Raskin with Cantwell and Tillman as the midfield three. I would then go... Um, Sakala, Morelos, Kent as the front three. Now it's attacking, it's forward Very, thinking. It's bold. <laughs> attacking and forward thinking. But I think there comes a point where we need to go for it. Now, that, that might well be the lineup we should be have we should have in the last ten minutes of the game and not from the start of the game. But if we're on the front foot from the start and we take the game to Celtic and then make adjustments from there, they're looking at it from a we spoke earlier about how important the first goal is. We spoke earlier about what a difference that can have on mentality of the two teams that are on the park. And if, if you do get that first goal and you're on the front foot, 
it's important that we don't sit back. It's important that we we continue to take the game to Celtic because if you invite Celtic on, they'll they'll pick you apart eventually. So it's important that you continue to take the game to Celtic. And I think while it will create a very open game and probably quite a, a basketball-like game in terms of being end-to-end, I like the idea of us being positive heading into the into the game on Sunday. And that's why I think if we if we line up like that, it gives our, our attacking players or our, our most creative attacking players the ability to play in the positions that they are most fruitful in. And then hopefully that, that shows in terms of the amount of chances we create and the amount of goals we score. Interesting. That that is a that's a super aggressive team, and it's hard to argue with a, a lot of the logic you've said there and why you would go that way. I just wonder, and I think you alluded to it there in your answer. When have we seen Michael Beale not play with two yeah. sitters or two sixes? That that's the that's the killer for me. And I think I would love to see all these players in the same team. And I think that's the difficulty at the moment. That how, how do you get them in, but you still have the balance? And I think that's you know, moving on to the summer, that's going to be really important for people to bring guys in that he finds the balance defensively, but can also give us enough going forward in terms of offensively. So that's the one for me. Uh, that That is a bold lineup, definitely bolder than me and Ian. Um, so. yeah, I will say, I will caveat that with, I do, I do not expect to see that lineup <laughs> on Sunday, but that's what I think the lineup should be. I think what we've done in the past hasn't worked. I think we've seen that in the past few old firm games. It's not it's not worked. It's it's the approach we think should work, but it's not worked. So we need to try something different. And that something different will be next season when we've got different players, hopefully players of a higher quality, hopefully players that aren't battle weary in these kind of games and come with a fresh approach and a fresh energy. But until then we've got the players that, that are in that category and we I think we need to try something a bit different shake the apple cart a little bit and and see how see how we see how we go especially in a game that's so important to us um but on that note we'll round we'll round off the the half hour podcast that's now at around 50 minutes <laughs> done well with my time management there um but ross thank you very much for joining us craig thank you but that last answer i'm absolutely raring to go that's that uh, you've you've got me right up for this game on sunday so yep Listen, let's hope we're watching Rangers getting to that final of the weekend and, and let's hope we've we put a bit of a you know a spark on that performance that we've not had for a while. So yeah, thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. Hundred percent. And Ian, thanks very much again. No, a pleasure as always. As you said, hopefully come Sunday night we're we're the ones smiling for a wee change. Be nice. Absolutely. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Please remember to drop the the video a like if you have enjoyed the content. Please also Leave us a comment with your starting lineup, your thoughts on whether Malik Tillman should start or whether he should be on the bench, who you think will partner Connor Goldson in defence, and if you're happy with the idea that Ryan Kent will be starting, I guess, in all three of our opinions, that Ryan Kent will be starting on Sunday. Let us know in the comments, and uh, it'll be great to hear everyone's opinions. In terms of what's coming up, um, going forward, we'll have a post-match reaction to Sunday's game, no matter the result. And then we'll be back on Monday and Wednesday next week with our usual uh, live content on YouTube. Please remember to subscribe to the TII YouTube channel as well. Toggle on those notifications and you'll get an email every single time we go live. Sunday is a must-win Old Firm Scottish Cup semi-final for Rangers. And all three of us definitely hope, at least if not expect, 
Rangers to come out the victors. Thank you very much for joining us. Until next time, goodbye. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.